welcome to the Rusty George Podcast. I'm honored that you're taking some time to listen to this. Every Monday, we'll be coming to you answering questions that you submit. Feel free to send in a question, hashtag RG Podcast, and we'll be talking about stuff in the church, in the world, and of course, in sports. Really glad that you're here. Sweet. Round two, Rusty George Podcast, straight in the green room watching NFL Red Zone and watching your beloved Chiefs come back from the Chargers deficit. How excited are you on a scale of 1 to 11 like the jersey you're wearing right now? I'm just nervous. Just (laughs) nervous. Ready to talk about uh, other things. (laughs) Sweet. For those of you who aren't in the room, we actually have it on the screen right now. So if we get distracted and you hear yelling, we'll just edit it out. So don't worry. But uh, hey, we're glad you're back with us uh, for the second week of the Rusty George podcast. And uh, we got a few questions sent in from uh, people on Twitter and on Facebook. And so the first one is uh, pertaining to the... uh, Tithing story that was told today, Rusty, with the concatillies and everything. Um, gentleman was wondering, uh, when you disagree with your significant other about amounts to give for the tithe to the church or your gift to the church, um, how, how do you go about settling that disagreement? That's a great question. Uh, the two most common questions I receive are, should I tithe off the gross or the net? And what happens if there's a disagreement in our home? As far as the gross and the net, I always challenge people, you know what, start with the net and move towards the gross. I think you'll find that God is faithful. And as far as the disagreement in the home, I always remind people that God does not want to break up your family over this. He wants to unite it. So I always tell people, go with the the lower number that people are comfortable with and move towards the higher number. And you'll find that um, God is faithful and it builds unity in the home. Um, Second question that we got sent in uh, from David, who is from the great land of St. Louis, Missouri. Wow. Uh, represent. Yeah. Um, David, he sent a, we had a little conversation going, and he was concerned about, uh, you know, this concept of the differing, uh, the somewhat differing gods, like you see in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, so pertaining to the tithe, like, you, you know, the tithe is a 10% in the Old Testament, but Jesus comes and he says, yeah, you, gotta, you know, you got to give with your, heart uh, in, instead of just an amount. Um, so he's saying like things like that that kind of seem like they're coming from two different gods. How do we reconcile those things or do we reconcile those two things? I think that's a common misnomer about God by seeing him in two parts. You know, the Old Testament he's mean and the New Testament he's nice. When actually we see who God is in the person of Jesus. With Jesus you see him get very angry with people that do things in God's name that are not true to God's nature. You see him turn over tables. You see him uh, cast out demons. You see him reprimand the Pharisees. You also see him provide very loving care for those who are hurting, sick, um, and in sinful situations. I think the, the best example is when Jesus finds a woman caught in the act of adultery and he forgives her, but then says, go and sin no more. That's a perfect combination of God's nature right there. And you see that throughout the Old Testament as well. People forget in the Old Testament, God gets talked out of a lot of things too, where he wants to destroy uh, the Israelites so many times and Moses stands in the gap where people argue with him and he lets them live. Uh, you really see both natures in both Testaments. Yeah, and I would also add to that too. There, it seems like, because there are, you know, with the Joshua conquest, and David mentioned that in his question, like, you know, the conquest of the Canaanites and that type of thing. And, you know, it brings to us this question of, you know, whether there are two gods. And, you know, this this isn't anything new that we've been arguing about. I mean, right. this is old, you know, an old notion in church history with Marcion 
um, the Marcion heresy, you know, saying that there's two different gods of, you know, the Old Testament and the New Testament, and that was his right. deal, so he got claimed a heretic and whatnot. So this isn't a new conversation we're having. So Not at all. What I like to tell people is that, you know, there is no reason to reconcile those two things because they're the same God. And you, even in the Old Testament, you see God in the laws providing those provisions, you know, to take care of people and to address those injustices that were happening. The problem is God lets God's children tell the story along with them, and sometimes um, their own experience can get a, a little bit convoluted with um, you know the, what God wants out of them, and so that pertains to like the when you then God. Type exactly, thing. we we forget that the whole notion of God creating and choosing a people for Himself was, and I quote, "So they'd be blessed to be a blessing." Um, the time when you see God's wrath is when they get out of that purpose, and they become focused on themselves, worship other gods, break those covenants, and then God has to step in. Um, but that was the whole intent in the beginning. And pertaining to the message today, you also you use the example of the Good Samaritan in, in Luke chapter 15. And mm -hmm. so I was wondering, would you go into that background a little bit more? Because, you know, we see kind of that story starting in the Old Testament. And uh, we get that split between, you know, Israel and Judah um, and the northern and the southern kingdom splitting up. And so how does that Samaritan Judean background play into Why do they hate each other so much? Right. Well, you bring up the exile, and I think that's where you start, is they end up, you know, kind of... Uh, moving into a situation where there's a lot of Jewish people who stay behind, they begin to intermarry, their offspring are known as the Samaritans, and the pure Jewish people living down in the southern kingdom are, are angry about that and view them as less than human. In fact, over the next few you know, decades, centuries, they will destroy each other's temples. At one point, the Samaritans come in and desecrate the uh, uh, the Jews' temple, um, with leaving uh, bones and other things all over the uh, the temple, and vice versa. So much so that Jewish people would never set foot in there. They um, would not allow their kids to marry uh, a Samaritan. No intermarriage would, would happen. And when the Samaritans started to populate um, Jerusalem, they were not allowed to vote on anything. And when asked about it, they said, because you have to be human to be able to vote. So a, a lot of history there between those two those two countries. Yeah, it was a really political dynamic. Mm -hmm. It was a really hostile political situation because you mentioned the temples. Like, you know, that was back and forth, you know, for, for years between them. And that was one right. of the major uh, disagreements between them was when they split up. The Samaritans wanted to, you know, worship in their own temples up up top, and in 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 the Israel Northern Kingdom, and in Judea, they wanted the temple centrally located in Jerusalem because they wanted that power over it. Um, and so, you know, that's when you come to John and you get the woman at the well. She says, "Oh, we've been worshiping, right. you know, our gods up here on the mountains, you know, for years, but you right. want us to go down there." Right. Uh, and so that's where that tension just keeps keeps going. So that's a great it, reference. You know, it, and it. Again, it speaks to us today because, <laughs> especially in the political climate we're in right now, right. November, the election's coming up. It's like, man, the story, the, the, the questions we should be asking ourselves was, you know, what's this have to do with God and who are the Samaritans, you know, in our life today? Or who are the, the Israelites in our life today if we're considered Samaritans ourselves? It's like, how do we kind of treat one another? So so true. And I think a case can be made for the people that are... Uh, are Democrats viewing Republicans or Republicans viewing Democrats? It's always interesting to me how every political season, Democrats view Republicans as being stupid and Republicans view Democrats as being evil. 
and creates this great divide between them when uh, there's there's better questions that should be asked. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So you mentioned that people aren't projects. I really like that line. <laughs> and um, you know, how does that fit into this kind of um, discipleship model that we're working towards? You know, with the launching of Rooted, uh, you know, on campus here, or with you know the When You Then God right. that we're going through right now. What's people aren't projects? Expound on that. <laughs> Well, for people like me who are kind of type A and project driven, the moment we hear we're supposed to take care of people, we try to put it on a spreadsheet or a to-do list on the calendar and thus feel like it will never be fully accomplished until they turn into who we think they should be. Um, the problem with that is, is just because we think they should become something doesn't always mean that God does or that they will. And so in our minds, we think that, okay, this is a lifelong project. I don't have that kind of time. Perfectionists are known for not only doing everything, trying to do everything perfect, but for also bowing out of a lot of things because they fear, you know, not being able to do it perfect, which I think causes a lot of us not to help others. So the concept of adding value to somebody's life is something that can be done on a short-term basis. I love the insight into the, the, the Good Samaritan parable where the guy gives the money to the innkeeper, not to the one who's hurt. It's for a finite amount of time. He'll, he'll let the expenses run up to some degree, uh, but at some point it's going to come to an end. Um, and there's not this enabling where the money goes to the guy and it sets up a trust fund or anything like that, but more of a, I'm going to add value to your life, but also give you a chance to pick up you know, the pieces and make things better for yourself. But so many times we hear, um, you know, when we... We ask about people where they say, oh, we're, well, I'm working on him. You know, I'm working on, you know, Johnny over here who's not believing what I believe or, like, who's not like I am. And, you know, <laughs> I always tell people they, to be a disciple literally means to be a learner. And, like, when you're trying to force somebody into your own image, like, right. that has nothing to do with learning. That has nothing to do with you being a disciple or them for that matter. No. So how do, how do we find that balance between kind of conforming people to our image and, and really you know, to, to the truest sense of the word, evangelizing them? Well, that's a great question. I think um, we have to keep in mind that our perception um, is, is ours, and what we're really trying to get people to become is more like Jesus. Uh, I've had people sit in my office and tell me, I know you want to change me to be this, and I'll never be that, and I just look at them and say, I'm not trying to make you that. I just want to see you become more like Jesus. And so if that becomes our goal then it's a little bit easier for us, uh, but also helps us kind of uh, keep our expectations down in the right, the right place for people. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And, you know, I, I think one of the takeaways, just kind of weaving in all the questions that have come in and, and the passages that we've covered, um, is even in the Bible, as in our lives, we are in particular contexts, situations, yes. um, times in history, communities in, mm -hmm. in history, and we all have a story that mm -hmm. we have to tell, and there's not one dimension of that story that's you know inherently better than another person's. Um, and that's the beautiful thing about you know the kingdom of God is that you have that diversity in in the way that God is revealed. Um, and so, correct. If you know, if everybody could be encouraged by that, um, I, I think that encourages you to tell your own story in a right. way that is faithful. Uh, to your own experience and your own knowledge and education and and i think that will inspire others to do the same so perfectly said josh awesome well i think that'll do it for this week thanks for tuning in everybody and um, we will see you next week and go chiefs right go chiefs <laughs> thanks a lot josh
Hey, thanks so much for listening. We're really glad that you chose to be part of the podcast. Again, submit your questions to hashtag RGPodcast. And we'd love for you to go to iTunes and to write a review of the podcast. That helps us out so much. Spread the word, share it with others, and we'll talk to you next time.